are listening to Hypotheticals, an insane podcast based on Chuck Klosterman's game. Here are your hosts, Charles Wilkerson and Kelsey Hall. We're also joined by none other than the greatest person in the world, B. Ryan Eichenberger. <laughs> you, you went really, really far. Like you could have just said, like, he's handsome or he's got a great sense of humor or he's pretty good at editing this stuff. And that way <laughs> I don't have to do it. But you went to the greatest person in the world, which don't get me wrong, I'll take. But that's just that's really high praise. Uh, great to see you both. I'm very excited. I was a little concerned I about Kelsey. I know the last week, Kelsey, you were not feeling well. Uh, do you or do you not have the dreaded plague? I, I do not. I had allergies. But I did wonder for a split second if maybe it was early onset vampire. (laughs) Fair enough. We're going to have another fun discussion uh, on the show today. Uh, If you are, I've never listened to this before and you just happened upon this because you saw the cool cover art or whatever it might be. Or Kelsey sent you $5 on Venmo and told you to give us listens. Um, I'm just saying that would be a good idea, Kelsey. Pull your weight. Um, this uh, is is based on on a, a card game uh, that Chuck Klosterman created. He's a writer, a kind of a thought leader, a, a guy who uh, gives his opinion on a lot of things, specifically around pop culture. And he has this whole opinion that um, small talk sucks and that we need to be uh, answering questions with each other that say a, a lot more about who we are than um, the actual answer to the question the question today is called the industry standard and it is it takes place in a place that um i know charles and i both like to spend a lot of time and have spent a lot of time together and that is the rock and roll club uh kelsey what is your opinion on rock and roll clubs and do you know what i mean when i say rock and roll clubs um i don't know that i do but i like rock and roll and i like clubs all right that's good so, uh but i, I I would just like you to understand that this is not like an arena show, right? We're, we're talking about sweaty, small spaces where people play rock and roll. It's hard to remember these things because they haven't existed for about a year. But in the good old days, Charles and I used to pound some beers and show up and rock out. Charles, favorite rock and roll club in America? Can you name one? What's your current favorite rock and roll club? Oh, it's definitely the local favorite headliners, man. They've been good to us. They've been good to me. So many good memories. Let's get that sponsor money. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> More than one. Okay, so that, that's kinda of, that's kinda of what we're talking about. That gives you a good a okay. good space, right? So like let's you know, let's name some for the region. Like maybe if you're in Nashville, you're thinking of the basement, right? Basement, uh Bogarts in Cincinnati. If you're in St. Louis, you might be thinking of the pageant. That's a decent rock and roll club. Uh, the Hi-Fi in Indy. Oh, great spot. If you're in New York City, maybe you're thinking of uh, Irving Plaza, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of spots. But um, let's just set our sights in the scene. Close your eyes. Imagine that you can smell the body odor in the beer. <sighs> what I'd give. Uh, sale beer. Okay. What I would give. Oh, man, Kelsey's fully committed. I love this. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You are inside a very peculiar rock club. For whatever the reason, the manager of this club demands that all his musical acts must take an extensive IQ test before he will allow them to perform. Tonight, there are two acts on the bill, and they coincidentally have the same name. The Industry Standard. Both bands are alleged to be awesome. Sadly, you only have one hour to spend at the club, due to another obligation. And the intermission between the two acts is very long, so you can't watch both. You ask the manager which version of the industry standard you should watch, and he says, 
I have no idea, man. But I'll tell you this. The first band had the highest test scores I've ever seen anywhere. Each member of the band, technically on paper, a genius. One guy scored higher than Marilyn Voss Savant. Conversely, the band playing second had some of the worst scores ever recorded. One member might actually be illiterate. However, I halfway suspect they were all drunk and mocking the entire process. I couldn't tell for sure. Which version of the industry standard do you decide to see? Ooh. All right, that's the setup. Now we need to do the baby steps to the, to the, to the big question, all right? We've heard it all. But we need to have some conversation. First of all, all right. how do you feel about IQ tests? You ever taken one? I have an ACT. It's not an, it's IQ, an IQ test. test. I've already failed the IQ test. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what an IQ test is. <laughs> okay, well, let's start there. That's a common denominator. What'd you get on the ACT? Can I ask, are we okay with this? Are we comfortable talking about this? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I got to... I gotta, preference this iq test so i only or this uh act test it was oh hold on hold on this school. is going to be the thing where you're like i only took it once and i fell asleep the night before and i overslept and then i ran in my underwear and and ferris bueller was there tell me the story. Yeah. <laughs> I my snack that's like 30 percent of it so that Friday night was opening night for My Fair Lady, which I was Colonel Pickering in. Oh, so my God. I didn't leave stop the theater the until presses. 11. Stop. I woke up. No, stop talking. <laughs> you were Colonel Pickering in My Fair Lady. I have known you for yeah. how long, and I did not know this? Every consideration, she admitted it herself. Well, dash. Oh, Pickering, for God's sake, stop being dashed and do something. What? Yeah, it was it was great. Did you sing? Uh, sub what? <laughs> <laughs> Passable for high school. Uh, give me a few bars. Like, drop some bars no. on the show. I, I don't remember it. You don't have any don't of that? I don't any of the songs. All right. All right. In my attempt to but, sound cooler and smarter than you, I'm just going to say that I've read Pygmalion. All right? That's, I'll just leave that there. Um, you, the poor man's my fair lady. No, it's, what my, it's, what my, it's the source material. I know. I know. But anywho, I took... I did. We had another matinee and an evening show that Saturday. So the whole time it was Friday night, left the theater at 11, woke up, took the ACT, got a 19 later on, and then did two more shows. So my mind just wasn't present for this. He was going to be a musical theater star. Ma, I'm going to be on Broadway. Don't they give you the ACT once during school? What'd you say? Don't they give the ACT once during school? You no. Like- I don't yeah, think so. Well, maybe times have changed. No, that's just like the you standardized guys- test they have to, you know, you have to pay to take the ACT. The ACT is a whole different thing. Did you not take the ACT, well, there's Kelsey? One, there's one time you get to take it and it's free. No. They, they yeah. may have changed that. Yeah. I mean, you're a junior. I am old, so maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's changed since 20 years ago, but... I, that's not what, how it happened when I took it. You had to go. Um, it was a Saturday. It was a whole thing. You had you had to cancel yeah. your cor- Colonel Pickering performance. <laughs> we had those two, but there was one that they gave during school, and no. that was like the free one. That was it called the fact the fake ACT. No, but it was stupid because it was on like a Thursday, and I'm like I'm exhausted by Thursday. Can't. I like how you guys are blaming the process, but I'm also hedging my bet that knowing uh, 
Charles's score that maybe I can sound like the smartest person on this podcast. What did you get on the ACT, Kelsey? I got a 30. Oh, damn it. Me. Damn it. I'm very disappointed <laughs> in myself right now. I, I, I come in in second place at a 29, which is still miles ahead of Charles. But <laughs> but this kind of this plays in the favor of the of how will, musically uh, talented are you, Kelsey? I can play the piano and the flute. Oh, crap. <laughs> the arguments are falling apart all over the place. Watch for falling debris. But I will add that I took the ACT multiple times, like five. Oh, well, good I for you. Once. You're, to get a third. You're gaming, so. you're gaming the system. What was what was your first uh what was your first attempt? Um maybe like a twenty three. Okay. Well see now you're somewhere now, in there. Now you're a lot closer to Charles. Charles, you don't have to feel yeah. as bad. I only took it once, That's I got a twenty nine, so screw you both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being mean. All right. So that is for what it's worth we have the act we do not have any actual iq test scores uh, of course any iq test is somewhat debatable right you hear these stories all the time about savants um you hear these stories about people who maybe didn't do so well when they were younger and they got older and had much potential in other places right and yeah like me yeah like mm. like, like our boy charles he's really blossomed <laughs> Uh, but so Charles you already pushed this question right you said well are you musically talented to Kelsey so mm-hmm. is there a connection between IQ and being able to play an instrument I think you could make the argument both ways I feel like you have to make that argument then you can't just say it and then us to be like yeah that makes sense well I mean, I feel like there are a lot of smart people who can play instruments and are really good musicians. But then there are also some that are just dumb as a rock. Well, let me ask you this. Are they rock musicians? We're not talking about... I mean, we're talking yeah. about we're, we're talking about a peculiar rock club. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is like a hole in the wall where you have rock bands, not where you like have somebody playing Vivaldi. Is it pre or post drugs? Post Malone. <laughs> Is it pre or post drugs? How? Where in their career are they? Okay, so I mean, you're jumping like ahead. Question. You know, like you can't really blame someone's poor IQ on them having an actual poor IQ if they've been on drugs for years and years and years because they're a rock and roller. So I, I, what I hear you saying as a premise here, or as a change in the premise, is that one group, that they may have equal amount of ability, but one of them has just been on the road longer and ruined their IQ with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And the other one is newer, so they're just sharper and cleaner. But they may not, it may not be a, as enjoyable show because they're not as road-worn. And, or, it's almost or, like you're. Are you comparing Led Zeppelin to Greta Van Fleet? Same, essentially, <laughs> band. One who has been worn out with drugs, and one's relatively new to the scene. Hypothetically, uh, yes. <laughs> I don't have any case studies here. So, does are is one of them more authentic? And does authenticity? Because I don't want to lose sight of the question. Does authenticity translate to enjoyable to watch? 
I think people who tend to have a lower IQ score would probably be more passionate about other things because obviously education and standardized tests mean nothing to them. They don't care. They have nothing to prove, but, but going on stage and performing in front of people and giving it 110%, that is where I think that band would succeed or those musicians succeed at delivering a entertainment, like an, something to watch, a very entertaining event. That's my soapbox. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, I also see the side that's like, you know, there are people who can, who don't have to read music, but people who do, like, that's like learning a whole new language. You know, that requires some, some IQ by itself. And then to do it in a unique way and in a popular way to captivate an audience. I mean, maybe you're not, you know, Einstein, but although didn't he have a bad IQ? Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> this uh, sounds like some Donald Trump fake news right here. <laughs> Even Einstein didn't have much of an IQ. What? He had a, uh, according to the Googles, he had a about 160 for an IQ. Yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty good. That's better uh, than your 19, well, Charles. Didn't he like get told that he was like slow or something? Or, yeah, I think school, like he, he was very like messy and disheveled. Here, and stuff here's like that, here's what you're here's where you're headed. You're headed to the argument that sometimes you can't capture these things on paper, which I think is true. Yeah. But I think we're also missing the point because in this we have a limited amount of information in this hypothetical. And one of the key ingredients here is that the rock promoter says, I'm kind of think they were screwing with me. Which I immediately want to see that. I mean, to me, that's the way, the whole crux of the question, right? First of all, you already said that if you have less of an IQ, you might be more invested in performing because you have more to prove. So we're talking about the performance. We're not talking about the quality of the music even. We're talking about a, you're at a night out and you want to see a band. You have one hour. Are you going to choose the band that you know is musically more adept or the band that might light themselves on fire? Mm, Definitely more entertaining. Like, I would want to see something crazy. Well, let me ask you this, Kelsey. Have you ever been to a show to see a very accomplished musician? Mm. I don't know. I mean, for that, <laughs> this is still on the spot for like, for that purpose only. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not questioning your motivation. Like, were you, did you just not okay. go because they were going to be really good? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, have you ever seen somebody perform and you walked away and said like, wow, tons of talent. And who was that person? I mean, so this doesn't answer that question directly, but like I saw nine inch nails. Okay boring as hell performance why why was it boring because the lead singer just stands behind the mic and doesn't move okay do you think trent reznor do you think trent reznor has a high iq charles um yeah he seems like one of those guys who's very eccentric and is very like methodical about the way he thinks about everything like you could see it from his band the way 
like all of his music videos, I would say that dude has a pretty decently high IQ. Let's see if Google has anything. Oh, I've, I've already Googled Trent Reznor IQ, and I did not get any immediate results that made me think one way or the other. Carsons. Though there is an entry for Trent Reznor in the Urban Dictionary. Did you know this? No. And apparently there's a Reddit post that says you have to have a very high IQ to understand Nine Inch Nails. So. Oh, he was trained as a classical pianist. That I did yes. uncover, which says to me that his IQ is high. Classical piano is not Beatles pop. I mean, classical piano is work. So I would say that if you're a young person and you are trained as a classical pianist, you have a pretty high IQ. I think you can make that assumption. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm on a fact finding mission here. Do we think that musical aptitude and live performance are bedfellows if you're making a decision based on limited information and you were out to have a good time? I think that also then goes, well, we can take a step back. What do you, like for me, a good time watching a concert is probably different from Kelsey's and, as well as yours. For me, I want to be entertained. I want to just enjoy, like I know the music nine times out of 10 going into seeing these artists. So I want to make sure that like, what can you do to take the music one step farther and help me make these memories of this concert? So I'm for the crazy stuff. So like Foxy Shazam to me is one of those bands. I got to see them live. But their music's all right. Like it's not bad, but they're they make up for it in their stage performance and going crazy. No show's the same. So let me ask you the converse question that I asked Kelsey. Have you seen somebody where you've walked away very, very impressed by their aptitude, their musical aptitude? Uh, yeah, so like I knew going into it, John Bellion was one of those artists. I'm like, yeah, like I hope he can put on a good show. But the way he did, I, you know, I walked away having appreciation of what he does in a live sense, not only behind like doing all the producing of his record, but like having so much say in the way that show is run. So based on the show alone, which which ticket do you take? If you can only take one, John Bellion or Foxy Shazam? Oh, tough questions. Uh, probably Foxy Shazam, man. I I want to see more. I want to see something that I wouldn't normally get to see. Doesn't he like and jump on the piano the, and wear yeah, tight pants and all that stuff? To, yeah. He the one time I saw him, he lit like seven cigarettes across his mouth and then <laughs> ate them. <laughs> And then went back into a breakdown. I was like, what? And then Hands down. He, I'm crawled, he crawled off the top, like into the rafters. And it was like hanging upside down like a monkey singing. And then at one point he picked up a fire extinguisher and was like, I'm going to blow this into my mouth. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. But let's say I did. So, Kelsey, you look shocked. I, I take it from from watching you listen to that story that you have not had an experience like that in a live music venue. Um, I mean, I've seen some like different shows, I guess, you know, like working at the Yum Center. What, what's your favorite rock show? Uh, Yum Center's too big. Let's think about this rock club. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about shows that are more um, entertaining. Okay. Okay. More about the music. Um, I think I nine times out of 10 would go more for the music than the show. Okay. Okay. So, so if I'm gonna watch something for a show, like I'm gonna just go to the movies or 
you know, posting a play. So if 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 you have an hour and live music is what you're going to do, you're saying mm-hmm. show me talent. Because if I wanted just to be entertained, it would be much easier to go watch an episode of The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. That's what you're yeah, saying to me I right now. I'm, I'm more of the crown. Okay. But the point remains. Get it right, Brian. <laughs> Sorry. And I, I'm on the inverse. I want to see something ridiculous, and I can just listen to that album on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, hearing your stories, I think of the time in college that Tim Reynolds uh, played in the ballroom, and uh, man, I left, because that guy's really, 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 really talented, and incredibly boring to watch. (laughs) So, I, I think we're getting somewhere, and I'm starting to see divergence between the two of you. Kelsey, I'm hearing you say... My time is limited. Impress me. And I'm hearing Charles say, my time is limited. Here we are now. Entertain us. I'm so boring now. Calm down there, Nirvana. I do agree with Charles, but I don't know. It's a hard question. So, Which I guess that's the point. Can we really talk about the, the the crux of this? What booking director or promoter goes, hey, if you want to play here, I'm going to need an IQ test. Like, what does that prove for them? Oh, I was more confused why they would book two bands the on the same night with the same name. Yeah. Both of these are excellent questions, you two. <laughs> like, like most bands in the U.S. will get a cease and desist from another band, i.e. the Raconteurs cannot tour in Australia under that name. They have a different name that they use. And it's one of those, it's just no two bands of the same name can exist. <laughs> Yet not only do they exist, they're getting booked together at Strange Rock IQ Club. Do you think what happened was they both called up? Like the booking or the promoter was like, hey, uh, industry standard, we love your we love your sound. Let's go ahead and book you. And then they put it out on like a poster and someone from the rival industry standard saw it and was like, yeah, man, I'll forward the show. And then like they basically came in and the promoter was like, I'm so confused. It just he did like a, a, a Solomon was like, look, we're going to take an IQ test. We'll see which one passes. Are you going to cut the baby in half? That's what we want to know. <laughs> We we went deep Bible nerd on that one. So, somebody right now, like just, one one fourteenth of our audience is very impressed. I just I don't understand this club. So that that that's a great. That's really funny. Um. Yeah, I also like the idea that this is like a Highlander moment where they're like, there can only be one. And so they're like, oh, cool. Are we going to like fist fight? And he's like, no, you will take an IQ test. We will discover. And then he then he's just totally befuddled because uh, they get such different scores. Well, but if they're messing with him, then they could have a high. They could both have like the same IQ score. I mean, this so is- then it's like. I guess kind of back to the show part, like who has a better sense of humor? So yeah, so let's let's stop there. Would you rather watch a band who's going to be silly and goof off, or you, or do you want to watch a band who is going to take what they do pretty seriously and 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 feel? And I don't want you to say that one of them. What I'm not saying is that one of them is going to be boring by default. The folks who are not taking it seriously could be boring. 
right? Mm-hmm. But we want to think about the attitude that's going into the show. So is it the hey, there's a group of guys who are like, Woo, yeah, every life's a party. Or are we thinking about a group of guys who are like, you know what, we have a commitment to our audience. Which would you reward? Thank you, Archie. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just going to say I would never go see Nine Inch Nails again. <laughs> okay, see, I mean, I, I see that you're battling this. This is a bit, you're having trouble with this one. Because oh. your your head wants to say that you're intelligent and you earned that 30. But your heart wants to see a bunch of dudes fart with their armpits. Charles, well, I, I feel mean, like you don't even have you. I, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah, because to me, it's the way you poise that second question was like, would you want to go see Blink-182 or would you rather see Green Day? And I almost want to go see Blink-182 because it's just going to be a comedy hour plus favorite music. Not to say Green Day. Green Day's up there is one of my favorite bands as well, but it's just going to be more serious and more a matter of fact. Did you think ba- Blink-182 was funny? What would you say? Was Blink One Eighty Two funny? Their stage presence, when like we were there. Yeah, I, like I wasn't that impressed. Well, <laughs> I guess boner jokes and fart jokes hit differently for dudes than they do women. <laughs> I was gonna say, Mark, Tom, and Travis show still holds up. Pretty much, I mean, you know. It was a great show. I would go see them again, but I just I didn't walk away thinking, "Oh, that was the best show I've ever been to." Oh, I I didn't say it was the or, best show I've ever been to, but I would oh say I would see them more versus a serious contender. Like I think, like I would probably be more entertained by Blink One Eighty Two than like Green Day or even Some Forty One. Like I saw Some Forty One in the club recently, and they're more of a, all right, we're just gonna like they're they're coming out swinging, showing that they're still serious. Mm-hmm. They're not that pop punk boy band anymore whereas like blink 182 is like hey we're here to have fun yeah i mean a part of this question too is do you want someone to prove themselves or do you want someone to not take it as seriously and what does that Mm. say what does that say about you because really that's what this is about okay so i think that i i think i've made my mind up all right i'm ready Go on. I just came to a conclusion. I think that I would go with the second industry standard who may or may not have a high or low IQ because I don't know who industry standard is. I don't know any of their songs. And if I don't know any of that, then I want a good show because I'm not going to be as into music that I don't know as music that I have listened to over and over again for years and really enjoy. Let me press on that for a second, though. I think that's solid reasoning. But I would say that if it is a band that you've known their music for a long time, and take out the two industry standard thing, though. Let's just talk about the standalone. If it's a band you've known for a long time, when you show up, do you Mm -hmm. want those songs to sound exactly like they do on the album? Mm. With technical proficiency. All All the notes are the same from the singer. They start and stop on the dime on which they are recorded is that important to you um no i don't think so i mean i want it to sound similar charles 
Yeah, I um, I'm fine with artists taking their stuff and giving it more of a live twist on it. It kind of gives you that reason to be like, oh, you need to go see them the way they do this song. Like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, when we saw them at the Palace during that um, uh, "Can't Hold Us Back" moment, they half time it, and it sounds so big and so awesome. And it's one of those things that's like without it live, like. When I listen to the actual recording of it, um, I think it should be halftime. But then I found a live cut, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. So I like it when artists take that creative liberty with their own stuff and make it something different and unique where you're like, oh, man. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, I asked this question for a particular reason, and it's because I've had an actual encounter with someone in real life over this question. And I was getting to know the person, so it's it did illustrate some things to me about this person who I didn't know that well. Um, and, I, and I made some assumptions about that person, and that's why I think it's an interesting conversation to have here, which is I'm a huge County Crows fan, and County Crows are known for taking a lot of liberty with their music live in concert. And so there is a lot of improvisation and changes, and sometimes the length of the song will go longer. And, and they, as they've gotten older, they've tightened up more because they're doing a lot of give the kids what they want kind of hits, tours. But especially at certain points in their careers, you would go see them and they would spend, you know, they might do a nine-minute version of Around Here. Or they might do a version of Rain King that becomes a Bruce Springsteen song and then becomes Rain King again. So I was, I met someone in a working environment and we talked briefly about music and they said, oh, one of the worst shows I ever saw was a Counting Crows show. And we, <laughs> which was a bad, I mean, just bad <laughs> karma on their part that that happened to be to me whom they said that. Um, <laughs> And I was at the show, and I would tell you that it was a great show, right? This is a smart person. We're in in the same industry. We're doing similar work. We are around the same age. All the factors line up, right? But she went to this show and had the complete opposite experience that I did. And a lot of it was based on the fact that the songs didn't sound like they did in her experience hearing a recorded version. That's what we narrowed it down on because I really wanted to hear what she was, what she didn't like. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is, I, I'm the level of nerd that I could tell you a lot of the things that they did that night, even now, and it was six or seven years ago. So, you know, I was like, well, you didn't like this, you didn't like that. And she's like, no, none of it sounded like I wanted it to sound. And so there are folks, even if none of them are in this conversation right now, who go to a show and they want the songs to sound the way that they're supposed to sound. My other fan, and I've told this story on podcasts before, so I will not take it very long, but I did go see Fastball, the band most known for some hits in the late 90s, a few years after they're kind of the peak of their fame in a, in a club called Sticky Fingers Chicken Shack that's a great club and they played the way as their encore their most famous song in double time which really felt like a middle finger to the audience so you know i could see how you could go as a as someone who's like i'm gonna kill a tuesday night and go see this band who wrote three songs in the 90s that i really enjoyed and I never listened to any of the other stuff and then be mad when they purposely kind of screw up the song that one of the songs you came to see so i can see that argument but i think it's interesting because it really says a lot about how you engage with what you enjoy mm-hmm. no so, so we kelsey, got we, you, we got the official statement from kelsey she says she would go see the second industry standard she says the yeah. second band because she thinks it will be a more enjoyable experience given that she does not know their catalog charles what would you say 
uh, I would be joining Kelsey at that show because Woo! I want to be, I want to see craziness. I like the people who don't take this, like, they seem like they're obviously booked in a club, so they have musical talent, which means they would take performing serious. They just don't care about this weird club's IQ test promotion thing that they have to deal with, which, uh, and they seem like they would be really fun on stage, have a great stage presence, giving me a memory to tell people later on be like hey did you see that one guy he like juggled a chainsaw during a guitar solo it was incredible have you have you i mean it's all about the stories right it's all about the yeah. stories you come back with and honestly having a friend like charles at the show is what would really make it the most fun oh kelsey see, you can when when we're allowed to have concerts Brian can find us a club show. We can all go. It could be just like an old school reunion. Like, oh, good times. So one last question. Have you ever seen a band that you know is pretty talented put on a horrible show? Ooh. Incubus. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me let me go through the Rolodex of band memories. I think it would be at Warp Tour. Like when you see some of these headliner bands and you're like, oh, there's that. But like the one that comes to mind is seeing like seeing Fall Out Boy early on in not like super early, but like after they hit Infinity on High when they were touring on that album. That was rough. Like. I think they got too big too fast and some of that stuff that didn't translate from the album well live because they use a lot of backing tracks and stuff like that and it just did, it didn't sound as polished as it could mm. but they eventually tuned it up and made it better tell me about this incubus experience it, it was uh, this is what thinking about this show is probably actually what changed my mind because it, it was at the palace so that's like a smaller venue <laughs> It, I mean, it just sounded like I was listening to the CD with some flashy video in the background. Like, So you didn't feel that them actually being there performing it really made a difference? No, like there was no vibe. Like it, it was just very... Dead? Yeah, it was like, cool, I checked off Incubus, but... I have a... Oh, again... I have another one similar to that. So I got to see Bob Dylan and Bob, like you build this up in your head that Bob Dylan's one of the greatest singer songwriters of our, our time. And it's like, Terrible Oh man, show. I get to go see Dylan. And then you go see Dylan. And right now it is rough. He has a giant catalog, but he only played mostly new stuff and gave us two of the bangers and he doesn't play guitar anymore. His hands are so like um, arthritis that he only plays piano and everything was dimly lit. And if I had to pay to go see Bob Dylan ramble for 90 minutes, I would have been pissed. But luckily I got comped to those tickets from someone here and it made it a little bit more bearable. But yeah, boy, so was that a terrible experience. I, I've, I've seen Dylan several times and I've had a pretty similar experience uh, to what you're talking about. But th this is like so. I think what my friend had experienced at the County Crows concert was a was a version of what I experienced the first time I saw Dylan, which I I joke, but actually it's not a joke. It's actually what happened. It took me until the third song to under to realize 
Well, and it took me not only until the third song to recognize the song. It took me to the third song, and I didn't recognize it until the backup singer said, Tangled up in blue. And otherwise, I never would have known what the song was because Dylan did nothing to give away the title of that song or the lyrics that I knew pretty well by heart at that point. Because it was... I mean, it's, it's, it's a real... It's really interesting. And so it becomes kind of a different situation at that point because it becomes about reputation. And that's a little bit about what we're talking about in this in this uh, thing. We both admitted to going to see Dylan, right? Why do we go to see Dylan? Because of the reputation. And what we're talking about with this hypothetical is we these are the only factors we have to consider the reputation of the bands. One of them, the reputation is they're super smart. The other one is that they're super dumb. So based on those two reputations, which one are you more likely to go see? The dumb ones, hands yeah. down. Yeah. Brian, I mean, it's just, what's your consensus? Yeah, oh, uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, th- this one's easy for me as opposed to a lot of these. Yeah, it's it's the it's the dumb band every time. Speaking of dumb bands, Throwback Thursday. Come and see us live. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There we go. We wrapped up another one. I think this is good. I I feel like this this is less controversial. I feel like Kelsey had to work through some feelings. But overall, we got to a good place. I did. I'm yeah. glad you're here to help me. You know, you're like my therapist. I know. In a right? It's weird, but I do not get paid like a therapist. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. And if you have a hypothetical question that you would like to pitch us and hear on the next episode, feel free to send it to us at hypotheticalpod on Instagram and also give us a follow. Until next time. Keep telling, Keep telling stories. stories. Yeah.